0: and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all the chapters from Shonen Jump on Viz's website as well as another volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week we read Common Writer, Volume One. But first we have Shonen Jump, which was early this week, which was a nice treat. Yeah. Especially after last week I complained about my hero maybe going stale if the chapter didn't come out too quick, so reading it almost right after
1: was nice. Yep, although we did have One Piece on vacation, and Japan just had a holiday, so...
0: Uh, Hell's Paradise also
1: on vacation, Yeah, but that's pretty frequent.
0: Yeah. And we started with My Hero Academia number 235, which I could not find a title for, and believe me, I looked.
1: Sometimes they don't
0: have one. A lot of times My Hero will move it to the end, like a reveal. This one didn't even do that. I wonder if it will have one in the collected volume, but Possibly. that's way down the line. So what did you think of My Hero this week, Kevin?
1: I liked My Hero this week. So we have the... It's basically a bunch of Tomura's backstory.
0: Yeah, I definitely liked it too. So let me say that to start with. Especially since, like I said, I was afraid some of this would go stale last week. I did kind of have that same problem I was talking about with Promised Neverland, though, where we're suddenly in a flashback. That said, this is more like One Piece does it, and this is a super important character. Yeah. So we would have had to explore this eventually anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's also unlike Promised Neverland where it's like we're in the middle of a That's flashback true. with four concurrent storylines going on. This is like we're in the this is a shown in flashback for the motivation of the hero.
0: Yeah, during the fight. Yeah, which except, is pretty typical.
1: Yeah, except Tomura's the hero in this case and man is his dad an asshole.
0: Yeah, I mean clearly they're trying to highlight the parallels between him and Midoriya even more with this, yeah, which were already pretty clear, in my opinion. I don't know. I have a weird feeling with Tomura, where I do like him as a villain, but I feel like everything
1: that the author does with him is just slightly too late in a weird way. I totally understand that. Like, if this had come earlier, and I mean, just the fact that it's happening too late Does not make me like him less when he like his old character? It's just like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. Definitely better late than never. But I also
0: got a feeling like when he becomes a serious threat at the start of the season three anime and that storyline, I felt like he just he'd been like a whiny brat for just a little too long before that. Yeah. Even though I really like that parallel, like that he's like this whiny, almost spoiled kid to a degree, despite him not being spoiled at all. But he comes off that way. In contrast to Midoriya always working super hard and being yep. super earnest. Yeah. But we find out Tomura also always wanted to be a hero, but his dad kind of beat, didn't quite beat him for it,
1: but... Yeah, yeah. sort of beat him for it. Actually, was literally, I was like, literally beat him for it. He gets slapped once and then decked another time. And it's kind of like that. well, I can kind of see why Tomura kind of Went villain when, so not only, all right, so he had an abusive dad, but then he had his mom and his mom's parents kind of just sitting there doing nothing when he beat him. And then they were like, you went too far. Uh, you should have said something when he was in the middle of about to go slap the child across the backyard.
0: Oh, we also find out that the reason his dad hates heroes is because his mom was obviously All Might's. Predecessor. Yep. And she kind of gave him up because she didn't want him to be hurt.
1: Presumably she went to go fight all for one and didn't want him to get caught up in it and was like I'm probably not going to make it. Yeah. So I've got to leave you so that he can't use you against me. And so his dad hates all heroes now because of she, went, she abandoned her family to go save some random strangers. And it's like well like, I understand your viewpoint, but I also understand her viewpoint, especially with All for One and her being like, I can't stay around here with you. Like, as much as it pains me to leave you to save you, that's what I have to do.
0: I just wanted to point it out because one of my Hero Academia's strengths has always been how well thought out every character is. Yeah. The ones that appear for, like, one panel. And because I've been ragging a little bit on My Hero in this arc, I wanted to point out the strengths are still there. Yep. It's not like it suddenly became a bad manga. It still got everything that was good about it. And like you said, even though I'm comparing it to Promised Neverland, this is not nearly as much a distraction.
1: No, this is literally, oh, like we're getting motivation, especially because Tomura is showing kind of new aspects of his ability. And so we're like getting motivation as to why he is the way he is.
0: It's also framed as like he is remembering this stuff now. Yes. So,
1: yeah, because he's always had that kind of sort of amnesia thing going for him. Like,
0: I take it more as like PTSD, like as a coping mechanism. He
1: yeah, that's wouldn't remember more than the amnesia. Yeah, that's what I, more what I was trying to go with. Like he just he was blocking it out. So like you said, PTSD. I do like the cool. So Redestro has figured out the ability to like coalesce his stress and literally just shoot it at. As, like, an unblockable attack. And he was impressed that Tomra, instead of trying to dodge or block, shattered it. Like, he went on the offensive instinctively. Which impressed him. Like, I've been honing this since childhood. And Tomra was just like, no. (laughs)
0: So, pretty good chapter for my hero this week. Yeah. And next we have Black Clover, which I wanted to talk about. Black Clover, page 212, Destiny's End. Which is, I don't want to say an abrupt ending, because really the climax was last week, and this is all denouement. Yeah. But because there's an extra page of the devil getting killed, it does feel a little abrupt. Yeah. But we do get a cool thing where the demon in, or I guess the devil in Astasword sword, kind of burns, uh, metaphorically, the yes devil that has been causing all this.
1: Yep, he's like, later old man, yeah essentially.
0: You suck. I'm a cool, devil. Yep. I'm good. Go hang out with Faust. Bye. And so this chapter is pretty much all denouement. Yeah. There's a weird thing where all the characters kind of show up in the room where Asta was fighting. Did they all teleport? Do
1: you know what happened there? I, yes. So. I looked at
0: it like three times and I'm like, I feel like if I, there's someone's power I'm missing here.
1: Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure one of the elves has taken over one of the teleportation mages. Either the one that's part of the Black Bulls. I It's been a while. I don't remember who's all being mind con- or soul controlled at this point. But one of the teleportation mages gets taken over. So they all come flying out of a black portal that the other two dudes pop out of. They like kind of remark on them just a little bit. But yeah, I had the exact same thing of like, oh no, the... I think it's Lict's spell is collapsing, or no, it's the Wizard King's, like, protection spell is collapsing. And they're like, oh no, even though we killed the devil, his spell that's eating away at the pal- the shadow palace is still going. And so it's like, oh no, are they going to be able to make it? Oh yeah, they just make it by instant teleportation from kind of out of nowhere. Like, I do get, there are, there are teleportation mages, and it is one of them who saves okay. everybody. It's I like, okay.
0: definitely got that implication, but. I wanted to make sure. There is literally
1: a panel of them. There's, like, this black portal. The downside is is that it's, like, horizontal to the way the orientation of the panel is. So it's really difficult to see. But they all come falling out of the black portal except for Yami, the Blue Roses captain who's soul-controlled, the Mantis captain, and the Purple Orca captain, the guy who can turn himself invisible. The four of them come, like, crashing up through the floor.
0: Because they were down there. Yeah. And isn't the like villain from the first chapter also here? Yes. Has he, sh- he been he's here there. all along and I he, just totally missed it?
1: Yes, he was here for part of the fight. Before we were reading, or I assume? Maybe. No, because he, he definitely showed up because he made it into the Shadow Palace, and that happened before we...
0: That's true. I just don't remember seeing it before this. I take your word for it. It just seems like that would have stood out to me, because I was really like, like the purple captain guy, I'm like, okay, so clearly this isn't a character that was established earlier, and he, he just didn't register to me at all.
1: Yeah. They've all had kind of like bit panel parts.
0: Yeah. I, like I said, I figure if i did The villain reading, I would have.
1: Yeah. The villain from the first one has literally had, I think, like four panels since we started reading. Gotcha. Of them, him being like, I joined up with, because he joins up with the the followers of light or whatever, the people who initially got taken over by the elves, like they were all being led by Licht, who was actually secretly the devil in disguise kind yeah. of thing. There's a lot of confusing backstabbing that has <laughs> been a while since anything actually came out of it. But yeah, he he has shown up.
0: So I basically wanted to talk about it because I like the ending a lot more, or I guess the denouement a lot more than I like the ending. Okay. Which I guess like denouement is one of my favorite things in Shonen anime. Like, at the end of the day, I just want to ship cute couples to a degree, and that'll happens in the denouement, usually,
1: yep. or the dramatic
0: fight sometimes, but...
1: Yeah, I also feel like it's not done.
0: No, I also think that we're going to, like, lead into something else. Rather, I think it will probably be, in hindsight, a clear story break here, but it's going to roll into another arc so quick that it kind of...
1: Peaks. No, I think the denouement isn't done.
0: Oh, yeah, Like, okay. I think that, yeah, like, next chapter is believing. going to... Yeah. But, like, it's definitely started. Yes. So next we have Samurai 8, Chapter 10, Target Acquired. And you were right about the space stuff finally getting here. Sort yep. of. Mostly you are right.
1: but he showed up. He did. He, he, he wasn't... was on
0: planel for quite a while. Yeah. So Lord Mujin, who I guess is the head samurai of this planet, it's a little vague. He's it... definitely someone in charge.
1: Yes, that was that was honestly one of the things that kind of bugged me about this chapter. So Lord Mujin is the like head samurai, the protector of the planet. It's like okay. I understand that. And then they tried to tie him into the fact that the cat samurai used to know him a long time ago. And he's Mugen the Immortal and yada, yada, yada. And then this villain just cuts him down like it's nothing. I mean, that's a super common trope. It is. I don't like the fact that it happened on the first boss. And they built this guy up to be way more important.
0: I, I... Kind of find that ironic just because my thought was like, okay, clearly this guy's going to die to the point where I was like, I wonder if they're going to subvert that and have this guy actually win in a weird way, because that would almost be the less obvious. Oh, no, he's dead. Okay,
1: Yeah, it was just the it was the amount of to me, it felt like they were overhyping him to hype up the bad guy, which I totally understand. But I felt like they overhyped him. Like, oh, we'll tie him back to the cat samurai, and we'll make him in the Immortal, and we'll make him this, like, legendary figure where it's like, I mean, it'd be one thing if it was just, this guy's the head samurai on the planet. Oh, no, he got defeated? We're in trouble. Versus, oh, this was something that the cat samurai was like, oh, that guy seemed super promising, and that was years ago, so he's probably way better, right? Oh, no, he still got screwed? Oh. Well, it, it felt like they kind of, not jumped the shark, but kind of just. All right, this is like a really powerful villain, and it's going to feel, I don't know, partially contrived when he gets beaten.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely see where you're coming from. I definitely got kind of Naruto vibes off this. At the end of Naruto, the power scaling goes off the goddamn charts. Yes. Like, you know, it's like they never get as strong as Dragon Ball Z characters, but they are growing by such leaps and bounds so quickly. Yeah. And that really reminded me of this a lot, especially also visually. When we see the samurai Mujin fighting the invader, like he uses his incarnate body in quotes. And it looks a lot like the final fight between Naruto and Sasuke, where they're both have like key projections around them. I don't think it's actually key in this case. No. But it definitely seemed like a similar idea. Yeah. And we're starting here. I definitely get what you're saying, but also, like, we don't really establish a power level yet. I guess Hachimaru fought a tank, and that's where we are.
1: Yeah, it right now. I'm not trying to say that, like, oh, this Lord Miojin guy is, like, one of the best of the best, and that's going to be the base power level. It was just, like, it felt like they hyped him up. To me, they f- hyped him up too much for this first boss to beat very easily. Like, it just... Thinking back on, like, One One Piece, with, although Luffy fighting Arlong is actually a very poor comparison, because Arlong kind of, like, gets... Retconned into being way more powerful than he should be. I well, don't, he was.
0: I don't even think I didn't even read it that way. Like Arlong, when Luffy fights him, he's like the boss of the. Is it West Blue or East Blue? I can never remember where the sea Luffy's in, but he has greater aspirations. West.
1: I think it's West Blue because isn't East Blue the Sanji's dream?
0: That might be where Sanji's from. No, the all blue is Sanji's dream. Oh, that's right. I think Sanji is from East Blue, though. Okay. Regardless. They kind of have to beat Arlong to move on, in the narrative sense, because yeah. there's no going back in One Piece.
1: Yeah, it just it's weird because it's like then he fights Luffy fights Hody way later, who was like Arlong's subordinate. It's like wait, wh- what?
0: But also like Luffy has been, is way stronger now, right? So like I, I always read that as Hody also got stronger and he has those drugs.
1: Yeah, it it just it was that weird dissonance of like I got that Arlong was super strong, but he just. Needed to, well, I guess.
0: And not to get like way off the rails, but I always saw the Fishman Island arc as a like raffle stomp for the Straw Hats. Yeah. That's right after the time skip. And that's just about them showing off how strong they got during it and their new tricks. Like, I don't really think the Straw Hats ever struggled in that arc. And when Hody is beating Luffy, it's when he has complete advantage, when he's got his super drugs and he's literally in the water.
1: Gotcha. Whereas
0: like Arlong was by a pool.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But just thinking back on, it's more like the first guy that well, I guess the tank, but the first guy that Luffy really fights is Captain Morgan, and it's like that I just, I like a bit more of scaling of power level not, he just felt Lord mugent felt super overhyped.
0: I kind of wonder if it's because this is going to be a space opera, and
1: because we're going to space soon, he feels it needs to be big, it it's also possible. could be
0: this guy is going to be a big bad level.
1: And it could be that as well. And it could be they figure out some way to run away and they don't just beat him. But, like, I would have just liked it to be, this is the Lord Protector of the planet. And then he gets defeated. And, like, that's it. He didn't need, it was like the tie-in to the Cat Samurai. Not even the title. It was really just that tie-in to the Cat Samurai with him being like, oh, that guy seemed pretty good.
0: I think you need that to care at all when the Lord Protector dies. Because otherwise you just think, like, oh, this guy sucked.
1: When he dies, right? Yeah, but I still think that.
0: I, I understand. I just am from the other okay. point of view. Anyway, we got kind of caught up on that. I think it was a worthwhile discussion, but a lot actually happens this chapter. Yes. Because we also find out that Hachimaru's dad planted a tracker in his son. Yep. And he's going to find him. When he shows up, Hachimaru yells like, hey, I'm not a frail boy anymore. Yeah. Which On hears. And is like, hey, wait a minute. Yep. And then Ota, the villain, shows up and he knows Hachimaru's dad. And that's yep. the cliffhanger, basically.
1: Well, yeah, and he's looking for... The ball that Hachimaru yes. used to
0: become Samurai. Which I think we already knew,
1: but... Yes, we, well, we might not have specifically known the name of it. But yeah, we knew that's basically what he was looking for. So then Cat Samurai awakens his soul, stops the dude, and then we have that standoff between them of him being like, I found you, Dr. Fruka. Where's the Hachi something? Yeah. Hachiharu, I think, maybe. I do not remember.
0: I did not write that down for whatever reason. Yeah. Because I guess the emotional reveal of this guy knowing Hachimaru's dad was more important to me. But we feel like we're very much in a standoff. Yes. Which is cool. I'm a little, not disappointed, but I kind of wish the lie had lasted longer so it could be a more dramatic reveal.
1: Yeah, even just another chapter of Uh him.
0: Because we get reference to it at the beginning of it, where him being like, oh, I
1: feel super bad about lying to her. Yeah, because if it had just been another chapter of him kind of, like, being forced to, like, compound it. Yeah. Literally for just another chapter, I think, would have paid. It's not like it didn't pay off, but it felt like he lied. And then ten panels later, split between two chapters, but ten panels later, the lie was revealed. It's like, that's fairly fast.
0: Yeah. So next up, we have The Promised Neverland, Chapter 142, The Promise Made 1,000 Years Ago, Part 2. Which at least mostly wraps up this flashback arc.
1: I think it basically totally wraps up the flashback arc. Like, we might cut back to it a little bit more, but it's not going to be an entire arc of flashback next week.
0: I was really torn on this chapter. A lot of chapters of Promised Neverland lately. I've been super bored and kind of upset. Not upset. That's the wrong word. But not cared for the first half, and the second half has been amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's been very, like, it makes it difficult to rank when we get to that point. Yeah. Because the first half is just the flashback, and I just, like, was really disappointed in, like, even the arc of it. Because last time you had the guy being like, no, we're Shonen protagonists. We have to save humanity no matter what. And this week he's immediately like, oh, never mind. We should definitely betray all of humanity.
1: Well, yeah, but, I mean, he had that moment in the last chapter of him being like, oh, God, I just want it to be over. Yeah, and I get it. It
0: just seemed like such a quick turnaround on him. Like, he goes from, like, total willpower Shonen protagonist, Um... I will never give up, to...
1: Yeah, but it it more seemed like he was just acting that way, like, "Hey, we're ca- like we're losing, but we're like doing okay." And then they actually sent somebody competent, and he was like, "My entire army got wiped out by one dude."
0: Yeah I, how
1: how can I fi- that guy's a duke?
0: Despite me talking about not wanting this flashback to take too long, I feel like we needed a full chapter devoted to him, like switching opinions, like seeing that despair. I guess to sell this moment, and also. We find out that the demon without a name, when he asks for a reward, like, what he literally says is, like, I like taking what people want the most from them. Yep. And he makes the, like, he makes the demons feed him the best crop of the, like, the tastiest humans. Yep. Because that's what they want is to eat. And he makes the the person who made the deal with them. He has Julius to, like, Minerva. He has to guard the barrier, basically, and his descendants.
1: Yeah, he was basically looking for an out to try and run away from the war. And so the demon without a name was like, well, now you're stuck in here forever. Ha ha.
0: Yeah, I just like I get it. But also that did not seem like a I again, if maybe we had another beat chapter for him. I don't know. I could have seen that being worse.
1: It seemed like a big punishment for me. I got the feeling that he was like, I just even if it kills me, like I just I want it to be done. And then the demon being like. No, it's not done. You're you're going to be the protector of the two, the peace between two worlds, and you're you're basically going to be stuck fighting forever. I
0: mean, I guess it just like I said, I I, sort, I guess I kind of read it as because the worlds are separated, like he's basically just a watchman and not like a fighter. I guess the way you see it makes it more of a punishment. It's just not how I read it at all.
1: Yeah, that was the way I read it because I knew it was a punishment kind of thing.
0: So anyway. He asks what Emma's wish is, and she basically says, I want all the children from farms to go to the human world and for it to be impossible to travel between the two. Yep. Which does seem like she mostly has her bases covered.
1: But I immediately see the faults in this plan in the fact that a bunch of the children are not in farms at the moment.
0: Oh, I think she says from the farms.
1: I think she says in the farms. That she,
0: might be worth looking. I, thre- I remember it being from.
1: I noticed a weird wording that was very, like, I can almost guess what the punishment is going to be. Essentially I feel like the punishment is going to be that she has to stay.
0: Yeah, that's what I would guess too.
1: But although
0: well because they're all her family to her, so she'd be separated from her family. Yeah. But also I, I mean, the thing I saw more is there are, I don't know I feel like there's some edge cases, some humans that wouldn't be part of that, but I could be wrong. I mean yeah. there's
1: definitely the Well, and there's also nothing to stop to me it feels like there's nothing to stop the demons from growing more.
0: Well if if you presume that at this point all humans were born in farms, then wh- how would they grow more humans?
1: Yeah, but it's a question of whether or not they were grown in test tubes or not. So if they have just like human DNA cultures that they can cause to grow. That's true. Does that count?
0: And I don't know if they do or not. That seems like something they might have.
1: Yeah, it but, just. I, but since I'm they make seeing... the mothers
0: all have children, I assume that they have to, that they don't have that technology. I'm yeah. not saying they don't. They definitely have some weird stuff going on.
1: Yeah, I just that's the that's the stuff I was thinking about which made me really intrigued. It was like she came up with, "All right, this is going to be our wish." And I kind of already saw some possible holes in it that will be the fun thing to explore with it. And then I'm still wondering exactly how cuz she also doesn't want to kill all the demons.
0: Yeah, can they wouldn't be able to get food. They could still eat, but they would lose their intelligence. So. Yeah. But I assume that she's just going to let, maybe her like kind of back of her head plan is to let that one curse spread. Possibly. Let her take care of it. I mean, once all the other demons are kind of mindless, yep. it's not like they can stop her. I guess there's the royal family still. They're definitely still a problem.
1: Yeah, and so that's the that's just kind of like, what's going to happen with that? So I was intrigued by her promise. Or her proposed promise.
0: So next we have Chainsaw Man Chapter 30, Bruised and Battered, which you wanted to talk about.
1: I did want to talk about. So I like this chapter. It focuses a lot on the three characters getting stronger. Well, it Aki is going to get stronger, but it's Denji and Powers training with the guy that is apparently the strongest devil hunter in the world. I guess, or the devil core, whatever. In Japan, at least. In Japan, at least. And so what he did when he went to go hug them was he snapped both of their necks, and he kind of goes into this explanation of basically like, all right, so I was, I've trained humans before, but I've never trained devils, and so I figured it out. I'm the strongest devil hunter, so I'm going to keep k- trying to kill you until you defeat me, and then you will be badasses.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... <sighs> chainsaw man's humor has just worn on me. Yeah. Like I saw where it was going and this is a drunk guy. This is but he's just exactly a chainsaw man character. Yeah. To me. So like he it's not that he didn't impress me, but I was like I just feel like it's not clever, I guess. I definitely see his uh point. I don't I'm not like, oh, this is what work is training. It just like didn't amuse me the way I think it's intended to.
1: Yeah. And then we have Aki talking with the other two devil hunters saying that he can't summon the wolf anymore because the wolf got pissed probably because he made him eat that sword guy and got cut in half so they're like well you can't do that and you only have like that's a cursed sword so you don't have you know how many more years do you have of using that thing so you need to make a new devil contract in order to do work
0: and that's stuff I'm much more excited about, because they're, like, talking about the bureaucracy of, like, getting a devil to contract with. Yep. And, like, what, what their, like, relationship with devils is that they contract, like, the bureaucracy of that. That's super interesting to me. Yeah. Which I'm sure we won't see any of because of it. But and there are lots of cool powers you could get from it.
1: Yeah, I... Even I will. While I am interested in this thing, this is a comic for children. That's true. Children are not interested typically in bureaucracy.
0: I mean, more of them need to be like be like me, I think. But I think everybody thinks that. So
1: yes. And then after we have that segment, we go back to Power and Denji after their training session, and they're like, "Man, I must have di- you must have died like twenty times." Oh, I know. We'll outthink him like some kind of manga character because all that drinking has rotted his brain. And it just, that seemed very funny to me with the two of them just their typical overconfidence. Like, oh yeah, we'll just outthink the guy. Okay, but you're not the brightest tools in the shed.
0: I mean, I get the joke again, but again, it just seemed like a Chainsaw Man joke. And it's like sense of humor is really worn thin to me. Mm -hmm. And they're like the world building stuff is what I'm interested in. There was a little of it, so I didn't hate the chapter. Yeah, Uh, But like this new character, he really doesn't do anything for me. Gotcha. Which is a bit of a downer note to end on that, but next we have We Never Learn question 119. Traveling back in time makes it so you encounter a past X. Yep. I wonder what that X is supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, I understand what every other word refers to, actually,
1: but... You you don't understand?
0: I mean, I, I guess it could be a lot of things. It's not that I don't understand. Yeah. It's, anyway... What I learned is I don't like when We Never Learn says ghosts are real, but if time travel's real, that's fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I said, this isn't the first kind of supernatural thing that has happened before. So, essentially, the entire plot of this is
0: Yu-Gi-Oh! gets hit by Kirisu-sensei's boobs so hard, he gets knocked unconscious and falls into the past. Yes. (laughs) That now he seeks to return to undo the future that is aku, Yes. <laughs> no. He uh, runs into Kirisu as a little as I used to say a little girl as a student.
1: Yeah, specifically she is a second year. Yeah, she's younger than him, so she sees him, him as his senpai. Yep.
0: And she is trying to run. For, I'm assuming it's her sister. Yeah, it's her younger sister. That's what I thought. She just looks like she's drawn kind of older. So I wanted to make sure it wasn't like some coach character that was introduced once that I no, it didn't was her, know about. It was her younger sister. That's what I assumed. Who is dogging her to try to get her to practice ice skating? But she has a ticket for two to an old amusement park. I yep. guess it's a current amusement park in the past. In the future, it is shut down because of safety violations. Yes. So they ride the roller coaster together and she has to cling to him so she doesn't fall out. Yeah, because she's
1: like um, I've never done this before, but is this functioning properly? And she like the buckle the harness thing like undoes itself. And he's like, Oh yeah, I forgot. The reason that this amusement park got shut down was because people got hurt on the roller coaster.
0: Yep. My exact words were roller coaster safety
1: shenanigans.
0: Yes. So anyway, she thanks him for coming with her. How does he get back? Does he get knocked so out again? They have a
1: they have a fun day at the park. Running from it, running her her from her sister. The so time. there's some there's some great shots. I really love the one of them in the spinning teacups, and the both of <laughs> them are like plastered on the inside of the teacup while the sister is in another one looking for them, and it just looks really good.
0: Yeah, it's a very fun image.
1: But they're on the Ferris wheel, and she goes to give him something or do something, and she hits him in the face with her boobs again, thus sending him back to the future.
0: Also, this was a uh, not to change. Get too off subject before we talk about the conclusion, but this came with the popularity poll, and apparently Kirisu won by a goddamn mile, which is interesting to me.
1: I'm not totally surprised. I really like. I really like Kirisu. I don't know if she's necessarily my favorite girl, but I definitely really like her. So I understand why she and she's been getting a lot more screen time essentially as the manga has progressed. Like, especially, we she, we just had that big arc with her being the figure skater, so we got to see her big flaw.
0: But we've, like, had big arcs with everybody lately?
1: Yeah. I just meant that that was, like, the first time we've had one with her. Gotcha. Like, we've had one with the other girls before. Gotcha.
0: Meanwhile, my girl Furuhashi is in second. Yes. Like I said, by a mile. Not appearing on this popularity poll is Yu-Gi-Oh!
1: Also not surprising.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not in the opening of his own anime, so.
1: He is in the opening of his own anime.
0: Yes, but at every opportunity they put a girl in front of him so that you cannot see.
1: Yes, him. because he's the lens character. Most young boys are not interested in the man in the harem situation.
0: You know, lens is famous for not being able to be seen because something
1: is in front of them. I, typically, you do not see the lens.
0: <laughs> I you like look through the lens. It's you the look through things. the lens,
1: but you don't see
0: it. Oh, oh, so you're saying he's the camera, and we're <laughs> he's a ghost, and he's in front of all the girls. In yes. Every shot. Okay. Anyway, so the conclusion is that Yu-Gi-Oh! wakes up, and now instead of having a ticket she never used, she's got a photo of this boy she met for one day.
1: Yeah, and she's like, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, that was the one day that I skipped training, and I went to an amusement part with a boy, but I don't remember anything about him. And he is just like, you gotta be kidding me. Yes. It's great.
0: So that brings us to Act H Chapter 73, Aura. I like this. It's not bad. It's, I kind of, again, was hoping for maybe another beat chapter of the... I don't want to call them the B-team, but I don't remember the names off the top of my head. The other cast stalling. Yeah. Okay. You know
1: yeah. I feel like we're going to have maybe not another chapter of them stalling, but at least a little bit more of them stalling would have been nice. Like, literally, we just had K shows up and sees them, and that's essentially all they do.
0: Yeah. And then Kay causes a power outage with her acting. Yep, and he's like, "Okay, cool. I will act with you."
1: Well, yeah, because she's like, "All right, imagine the, you know, imagine that feeling at the top of the mountain." And she starts doing the line read, and she's like, "When you have me, and there's a lightning strike that knocks out the power." And somebody comments, "Wow, the coincidence of that makes it look like she caused the power to get knocked out, which is insanity."
0: (laughs) She's just really good at showing acting. Yes, the power of acting.
1: Yeah, and I liked the. thing of, so K was a really powerful actor because she could go back into her memories to bring forth emotions, versus Ogami is the guy who's just so likable. He just always plays himself, and literally like the role gets subsumed into him. And then they were mentioning that basically what K did to become a better actor was the ability to imagine emotions to put herself into, so that she can play things that she's never done before which was really cool so they just they were mentioning that the two of them have an aura together that it's like superhuman that like an ordinary person couldn't do it anything else you want to say about Actage? no
0: like i said i liked it so next we have demon slayer chapter 166 true feelings which i took very sporadic notes on Angry guy from the anime apparently eats demons, is what I learned, to yes. subsume their power. Seems like an okay
1: deal to have. We actually learned that. I assume we knew that before. Yes. I learned it this chapter. You learned it this chapter. He does not have the ability to do breathing techniques for some reason. I don't remember exactly what it is, but he doesn't have any breathing techniques. So he has been eating demons to become stronger, and that's why he uses stuff like a gun And stuff like that, where he was, like, using tools and the fact that he'd been eating demons to gain the ability. Because him and the Wind Hashira, who shows up in this chapter, are family. And so there's this whole backstory between them. So I really liked it, even though it probably wasn't as impactful for you.
0: I mean, it definitely worked. It just seemed like some beats because I didn't get the setup. Yeah. But definitely it works. That's a cool deal to have. The Wind Hashira being his brother felt not like a deus ex machina. Because I assumed it had been set up, so that's like the wrong word, because it's, I assume the work is shown in the manga, like we knew they were brothers already.
1: Yes, we did right? know they were brothers.
0: So it's like a dramatic moment, but because it was a real to me, it came off a little deus ex machina.
1: Yeah, but I, I s- think, if I can't, I can't remember right if he's the younger brother or the older brother. I think it
0: said that he's the younger brother. I yeah. Think, but I'm not sure either. either
1: way. So the guy who's been eating demons is like kind of pissed at his brother, or he feels that his brother's pissed at him because of a bunch of other stuff, so this was kind of the you idiot, he actually really loves you, even though he seems kind of standoffish. And he has that whole thing of like, I was trying to do this so that you could go live a normal life. Like, you're supposed to be normal, asshole.
0: So maybe the Wind Hashira will stand a chance against Upper Moon One, or maybe they're just gonna stall till Tanjira gets there. Possible? Or maybe they'll have to team up against this guy, because he seems real good at swords.
1: I honestly think that's what it's going to be, is maybe someone else will show up and it won't necessarily be Tanjiro that comes in, because I think Tanjiro and Onosuke will fight Muzan. Because all we have left is the Upper Moon 1 and the Upper Moon 4, which a bunch of the Pillars are fighting. So I feel like Tanjiro is going to show up for his fight with or the fight with Muzan. Is nope. the 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 feeling I'm getting. Since it's like he beat Upper Moon 3, right, which I know isn't as good as Upper Moon 1, but like he beat one of the Upper Moons and Onosuke beat one of the Upper Moons with I mean, help.
0: That's a very one-piece setup, and they've got a yeah. lot of... They've got enough characters to be the Hats. Yes. So I can see that, too.
1: Yeah, and I like... I really like the Upper Moon 1's sword is like Soul Edge, only it's covered in eyeballs instead of just having one eyeball.
0: It is a good look. Yeah. So next we have The Last Sayuki, Chapter 19, Awareness. I love the Wasayuki so much, Kevin. I just want it to be happy.
1: I know. I'm... <laughs> I, had did, I had done a little bit more research into the Japanese rankings thing. And so the thing that people claim as the Japanese rankings is there's the table of contents in the manga or in the Shonen Jump book. And at one point, I think it was... I think it was Odai talking about it in one of the like author comments things. He's like, I usually get the comment of, does the table of contents, is that like the Japanese ranking system or is that like the rankings of the chapters? Because people do put in poll results. And he was like, yes and no. Just because you're in the back doesn't mean you're going to get canceled.
0: And I am not to interrupt, but my understanding is in the 90s and early 2000s, that was very much the case. And since the editorial shift. I want to say around 2012, but I can't remember exactly when it happened. Mm -hmm. That has been less the case. Like, I know My Hero Academia usually rides around the middle or near the back, even though it is very popular.
1: Yeah, and so that's what he was saying. It was It's an editorial decision. There is a bit of thing of generally they try and put a popular chapter in the front. Maybe not necessarily the cover story, but in the front to kind of get people to read through the whole thing. And there is... The, there's a lot more moving pieces. It's not, this is the table of contents. These are the rankings. If you're in the bottom, you're screwed. So maybe that's just the way it works. So I, even though Last Sayuki has been towards the back of the book for a little while, doesn't necessarily mean that it's doing poorly.
0: I just I just want it to be okay. I want it to go forever, or at least yes. 100 chapters. Anyway, this chapter is great. Uh, this chapter is awesome. So Kohara went through the Tori Afterlife Gate, Basically they go to bed but then she kind of sneaks out yes and goes through the gate
1: even though it's sealed which is yeah. sweet
0: and she asks their sensei to like seal it so that Ryo Nosuke can't follow her when he wakes up
1: well it's like she found a way to slip through and he was well it, she made the gate so yeah so she can go through it and he was she was like hey make sure Ryo Nosuke can't come through here and their sensei's like since she made the gate she might be fine over there Well, no, since she made the gate and it's still here, she's not dead. Yeah. Because if she died, it would go away. So, like, we know she's okay. Well, we know she's not dead.
0: And he's like, so I'm going to, I'm sealing it. And is like, oh, but you have to be in contact with it to keep it sealed. And he's basically like, yes. So, like, if you can distract me, I would, uh, and I, like, have to jump off, it would be unsealed.
1: Well, he he does attack him at one point. He's like, you think that paltry attack will distract me?
0: Yeah, and then he's like. But if you try to kill me, then like maybe you'll have a chance of like distracting me at least. And also like humans really like each other and don't want to kill each other. So that would bring you closer to the true human form. So you might get more powerful. Yep. But like without Koharu here, you're you're not gonna stand a chance if you don't do that. And then he's like, Hey, I kissed Estelle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's R- 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 like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> and he he breaks the little bit of his staff, and that does distract him so that Ryanosuke can slip through.
0: It's so good, especially after the other chapter where he's like, I'm definitely not Estelle's dad, me.
1: Yes. I also love Estelle is in the background because she's also with Furuka. Is it Furuka? Yeah, it is. She's also with Furuka on his guard duty of the gate. And she turns beet red, like her entire face goes into a blush line. It's so, like, and it's on a page turn, too. It's so, so good.
0: good. It's the hardest I've laughed at a manga, and I, since I cannot remember.
1: Oh, it was so great. So then I... the gate is open, and Ryonosuke's running for it, and Furuka's like, all right, well, that didn't work. I can't believe that distracted me, but I'll cut off one of your legs. Don't worry. We'll be able to reattach <laughs> it, but you can't go in there. And then his dad from off panel shoots into Yobo, stopping him, going, go, Ryonosuke! <laughs> Thanks, Pops.
0: Yeah, I love, because of that, my notes go dad tricked, Pops save. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> uh huh. Estelle jumps in as well. Yep. Because she wants to. Yeah, she's like, we're in this together. Yeah.
0: So Ryanosuke is like kind of shouting for her, and we see her like in her mask, which well, I guess we've only seen in Flash Forwards.
1: I'm sorry. She was also in the dream sequence when Hugo met, so K is the one wearing yeah, the mask. That's true. So it's K in this alternate reality thing. But Rienosuke runs into the gate and Estelle's running. And she's like, all right, so do you know why we're running? I, no, I have no plan further than this. "I," And she basically is like, I thought as much. So he's like, well, there's a light up ahead. Let's go there. And they get into like a train. And they see Koharu or the back of Koharu's head. And she says like, I knew you'd come, Ryanosuke. And then we, and is like, wait, that's not Koharu. And it's K." Who turns around and is like, but I thought you'd come alone.
0: Yeah, it's like, you jelly?
1: (laughs) Yes. So good.
0: Yeah, man. I say he's very good. And that does it for ones we're going to talk about this week. I guess no one piece really does make it quicker. Yeah. Although we talked quite a bit about most of those. And we're going to talk about the rest of them in Jump Card. Jump Card is the segment where we rank all the chapters from our least favorite to our most favorite, and then that doesn't have any impact at all on what Shonen Jump keeps or cancels, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So what do you have at number
1: 16 this week, Kevin? At uh, number 16, I have Double Tice A.
0: Hey, me too. I
1: just don't, don't care.
0: I just... mean, I see what he's going for. It's some shonen stuff. He just took too long to set it up, and I also don't care.
1: Yep. So that's why it's at the bottom. I'm like, yeah, whatever. They're fighting they're doing so the the guy who can hear really well takes off his blindfold and it's like all right i'm ready to get really serious and i just had vibes from kill a kill with the <laughs>
0: oh, that guy who re-blinded uh.
1: I love that guy who's he's, like. Oh, he's my favorite. Yeah. So it's like, first off, he has like supervision. Then yeah. he gets blinded and he's like, wait, well, I can see even better. Well,
0: he blinds himself in order to enhance his other senses. Yes. And becomes much more powerful because of it. But then in the finale, he takes off his blindfold because, of course, he's more powerful if he can see. Yes. <laughs> Such a good joke.
1: It was just, uh, it was really good. And so I had vibes of that and I was like, you didn't earn it, man.
0: Yeah, exactly. What do you have at fifteen?
1: At fifteen, I have you at cameo because holy shit, did I get lost in this episode?
0: I can, de- I definitely had to reread it a couple of times. Once I figured out what it was doing, I put it a little higher because I can't a- kind of appreciate it. But yeah, I definitely see how you got lost here because the first couple pages are a flashback.
1: I I got that. Like okay. I got where stuff was going, but it was still like I'm just I.
0: It feels like you've lost. It feels like you've missed something, and then like you get lost.
1: Yes, it's definitely poorly done. I will give you that. Yeah, so that's why it's down there. I, I kind of get where they're trying to go with it, but it, it feels like I'm missing three chapters of setup for this.
0: I don't even think that. I think this chapter is just poorly done. I definitely got that at first, but then when I went over, I'm like, oh, this is what he's trying to do, and he just tripped it. Okay. Like it's Because it starts with a flashback, which makes sense, and then you go into the arc later, but it doesn't feel like a flashback. So you're like, is this happening now? Is this a flash forward? Yeah. What's going on? I have Beast Children at number 15, and I couldn't really tell you why I put it so low. I mean, I just don't like all the, ah, oh, rugby is a sport all about the fierceness of tackling and honor battle. Gotcha. does do it for me.
1: Yeah. I have Tokyo Shinobi at 14. I, It's okay, I guess. Yeah. And that's why it's down there. We <laughs> get the girl's power is she can she's best genist.
0: <laughs> I do like that.
1: I mean, it's cool, but it's like, she can control fiber. You mean like best genus? Like, yeah. Is, is everything literally a ripoff of s- super popular stuff? I mean, controlling fiber is not a best genus thing, but that was just kind of the, the thought I have of like, well, that's kind of cool. And it also kind of like partially explains why she's always kind of exuding that sexuality because she literally just robes herself to fight.
0: Yeah. I put Haikyuu at 14. I definitely liked it more than Beast Children this week. It had some good stuff in it, but IQ still struggles to tee my interest, so. Yep. I had Beast Children at 12. I like ju- Run
1: 13. 13. I had Beast Children at 13 because I did like the kind of thing with the, I can't even remember the main character's name, but him realizing that I didn't want to be the one guy's friend. I want him to be my, my rival. rival. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's, that's cool.
0: <laughs> I put Tokyo Shinobi Squad at 13, because... Man, is it, it, it's like, I talk about Demon Slayer being kind of a standard unit of Shonen Manga, but like, Toki Shinobi Squad is a substandard unit of Shonen Manga. Yeah.
1: It's the RC Cola of Shonen Manga. (laughs) There you go. I, I'd drink it if it was given to me, yeah. but I'm not going to go buy it.
0: I, I need a refreshing monk, I guess. Ooh. I guess if it's all you got in the fridge is Tokyo Chinobi <laughs> Squad, I'll read a chapter.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, well, I mean, I'll read it because it's in the magazine, but, like, I'm not going to go, like, out and buy the volume. So my number 12 was Haikyuu. I did kind of like the the realization that the one guy had that it was, like, in order to read my opponents, I, like, had to get a feeling for the look that and, they gave you. And, and
0: I, I do like how oh, the main character is like, ah, it's just a feeling I have, but I really like that. Like you don't, you know when something's going to happen, but yeah. you don't really know how, you know?
1: Yes. The one thing that I don't really like about that is, it's like, oh, you just look at the eyes. That is a horrible plan. It is the easiest thing in the world to lie with your eyes.
0: True. Although I don't know how easy it is when you're a teenager on a volleyball court.
1: True. putting but- your heart out. Yeah, but it's just that it's that thing of like cuz even in football we learned you pay attention to the hips. The hips don't lie. Essentially what that means is like regardless of what their hands are doing, their head is doing or their feet are doing, their hips can only travel one direction. They cannot suddenly shift 90 degrees without being it being super obvious that they're going to do it. So if their hips are going one way, it doesn't matter where the rest of them is going. They're going the way their hips are going. And they're in martial arts, if you get locked in somebody's eyes, you're screwed. So, like, I liked the realization of this guy being like there must be some secret to it, even though the main character's like, I don't know, I get some kind of feeling. It's more like it prickly or maybe stingy or tingly. Like he can't describe it because he's he just naturally knows how to read people.
0: I have Chainsaw Man at twelve, because like I said, I just am tired of its humor. So I didn't really have much for me this week.
1: Gotcha. I have Black Clover at eleven. It was Denoma and I I wasn't a huge fan of, this was just kind of like, we've gathered everybody together to go do something next chapter.
0: I put Yui Kamio at 11, because I still like the ideas. And I like the ending kind of bit a lot. Like, I like this villain's power set. Yeah, it's
1: she's cool. It's interesting
0: to me. And it feels like a Last Sayuki thing, if I want to give it the highest praise I can. Yeah. And like I said, Yui Kamio's my dumb kid that I just want to do well. I know it's going to get canceled, but... And I'm I'm fine with that. I just want to I just want the ride to be good.
1: Gotcha. So my number ten was Jujutsu Kaisen. Might as well. It's a fairly good chapter of Jujutsu Kaisen. We have more into this flashback arc where they're protecting the girl and the one character. I can't remember anybody's name anymore.
0: Gojo Sensei, I think, is the only character whose name I can remember.
1: So he's the other. He's the Sasuke of the (laughs) main trio. I know. Let's get super confusing by adding comparing them to other things. Wouldn't He's, he then be the Orochimaru because this is a flashback? Well, yes. Yeah, so he is. He is Sasuke's dad. <laughs> Orochimaru. Uh, that's Oro- how
0: Naruto works, right? <laughs> right.
1: So, the Sasuke's of the group's dad, who is the assassin that's been hired to kill this person, is like, "All right, well, I'm going to put a bounty on their heads with the money that you gave me." so that all these small fry will wear them out.
0: I'm going to subcontract this bounty you've given me.
1: I mean, I do understand the thing of like, all right, so I'm going to send a bunch of small fry after them to kind of wear them down and then strike them hard. There are two of them and
0: $2 million worth of us.
1: (laughs) Yes. God, that's such a good line.
0: (laughs) This movie's going to be so dumb, but boy, (laughs) am I going to see it.
1: (laughs) Movie's going to be awesomely dumb. For my number nine, I have Dr. Stone. I did like this chapter of Dr. Stone. We have. They they're like, all right, we'll send this RC monkey that they're pretending to be a mouse into the harem so that they can send a message back. And then they realize that none of the team can write. And they're like, oh, crap. I really
0: like the gag where what's the screw up guy's name? Genji
1: Genji. Genju, something like that.
0: Yeah, he's like remembering his friend being like, yeah, I'm studying writing so that then we can communicate from long distances. And he's right
1: like, with that word. Oh. And Genju's
0: like, yes. Teach me this art of writing as well. I will also learn it. And then cars like, well, we're screwed because that last panel was fantasy, right? And yep. then he's like, yes. And I really, I was like, that seems out of character for him to do that. That's very convenient. And then I love the turnaround on yes. that of Carr. Like, uh, I don't think so. I think that is not true, actually.
1: Yeah. And so I like the... Gen cryptology thing of like trying to interpret the symbols that they sent back to him is like, all right, well, we need to figure out the psychology of the person sending the message. And they like go through it and they're like, platinum. (gasps) They found the Suez capsule. It's like in the treehouse. Yes. Which is just great.
0: Yeah, I like Dr. Stone quite a bit this week. I put Act Age at nine because I just didn't like it as much as you. There were good bits for sure. But it it was Act Age a bit indulging in the stuff I don't like
1: about it as much. The top part of my list was kind of hard to rank, because like, Dr. Stone I liked, so I I have a bit of a break between Jujutsu Kaisen and Dr. Stone, where like, I enjoyed Jujutsu Kaisen, I really liked Dr. Stone, and then I really liked... Everything above it? Everything above it.
0: I guess I would say like, everything above Act Age, I liked pretty well. Maybe everything about my number 8, I liked pretty well.
1: So, my number 8 was Samurai, and it's really just the fact that I think they overhyped the... This Lord Fujin that the villain defeated very easily.
0: Yeah, that didn't bug me at
1: all. So Samurai Eight went much higher for me. Yeah, so that's I and I enjoyed it. It's just like I I got kind of stuck on that one aspect of it.
0: I put Black Clover at eight because, like I said, Act Age I had problems with, and Black Clover I really didn't. The teleport was weird, but I actually did trust it. That it's like okay, if I had been reading this, I would gotcha really understand this. And I've been bagging a lot on Black Clover the last couple of chapters, so it deserved a little bone. Gotcha.
1: So my number seven was We Never Learn. Kirisu Sensei Time Shenanigans. Yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: Oh, my number seven is Dr. Stone, because I really like that joke.
1: Yes, the that last panel was a fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> my number six was Chainsaw Man. I don't have much more to say about it than what I talked about when we talked about it. So
0: My number six is Demon Slayer, because I did like the emotions. It, like I said, it all
1: felt like it was earned, but I didn't see the work. So Yeah. My number five is Promised Neverland. I I'm really interested to see where it goes. And like I said, I'm I'm really interested to see how this wish is going to be the devil's bargain. So I'm I'm like really interested to see where that goes. But it just wasn't my favorite. Like I said, the top chapters in my list were really hard to rank.
0: My number five is we never learn, because you know, time shenanigans.
1: Yeah. Amusement parks. I like those. Wait. That means Kirisu-sensei has time travel boobs. Yes, obviously. My number four was Act Age. I just, I really liked this chapter with the kind of definition of Kei's new shounen superpowers, acting superpowers of I can imagine fake feelings to experience and have them turn into reality. My number
0: four is Promise Neverland.
1: Pretty much the same reasons as you. Gotcha. My number three was Demon Slayer. I liked it a bit more than you because I had some of the backstory between these brothers and, like, didn't, kind kinda of, you know, it was kind of nice to see the kind of reconciliation of him being like, you idiot, of course, I still love you. You were supposed to go off and have a normal life. Like, that was why I did what I did and kind of pushed you away.
0: My three is My Hero Academia, because while I really like it, it is still a flashback and it is, like, kind of going not longer than I wanted necessarily, but. Yeah. I have the flashback problem, but I mean, we needed to get this eventually because Tomer is the main villain.
1: Yeah, uh, it's my number two. I really enjoyed this chapter of My Hero.
0: I have Samurai 8 at number two because while the battle with, with Lord Mujin wasn't all that great, it was pretty much the beat I expected and not necessarily in a bad way. Yeah. And I really like the kind of standoff at the end.
1: Yeah. like Like I said, the difference between My Hero and Samurai 8 for me is very small, so they're just kind of like... I basically, I was literally sitting there with this, the bracket of like all eight of those, or nine of those, no, seven of those chapters going like, all right, how do I rank these ones now? So that that joke in Last Sayuki is so good. It is fantastic.
0: I, that was the moment where I knew, I was like, Dude, I don't want to just put Last Sayuki, oh yes I do, It's because it's, it's very good.
1: Yes, so when I said the top of my list was hard to rank, it was everything except the top, actual <laughs> top spot. Which was last Sayuki just shot up to the top with that, oh, yeah, well, I kissed Estelle. It just, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> I let her dad shut up.
1: <laughs> well, it, it wasn't just him being like, huh? It was him, like, because he was holding the staff, and he, like, literally snapped it in anger, like, you did what? Yeah. <laughs> you uh. did what with my daughter? <laughs> I mean, she's not my daughter.
0: <laughs> I don't even care about her, except for that uh, as a student.
1: <laughs> now I'm going to take your leg.
0: It's very good. Please yes. like it. Please buy all its playsets and toys. Yes. That's a plea to people in Japan who don't listen to this, so I'm just going to think it really hard at them, like I'm sending them spirit bomb energy, and hopefully it'll work. Yeah. So that pretty much does it for Shun and Jump this week. You want to talk about Kamen Rider? I guess. Okay, let's do it. So we read Common Writer this week by one of the all-time great early manga artists, Shotaro ishinomori who also created Cyborg 09 and Super Sentai. Yep. So he's a pretty big name, as well as Skullman and a bunch of other manga. I actually would not have chosen it if I knew some stuff that I learned researching it because I thought Common Rider had started as a manga, mm-hmm. but it turns out it was actually a TV show first. Yeah. I thought for whatever reason that the TV show was adapted from the manga, but it turns out they were going to adapt Skullman, one of his other manga, as a TV show, and it didn't really work, and that slowly became Common Rider. Gotcha. So then he did the reverse manga adaptation. Okay. And I... I had to look this that up because as I was reading this, there were a lot of times where I thought, "Man, this this manga is really assuming I know a lot of stuff about common writer for the first common writer piece of media to exist."
1: Yeah, that was definitely the feeling I got. I was like, "They're really not explaining a whole lot of anything."
0: So, if you don't know, common writer is Japan's number one superhero. You have Kid Comics in America and Scarf Comics in Japan. Mm -hmm. And his mission, as far as I can tell, is to murder all American superheroes. Because in this volume, he faces the bizarre Spider-Man and the vampire Batman.
1: Yes. And Cobra Commander?
0: Yes. (laughs) Cobra Man doesn't fit quite as well, especially since Kamen Rider well predates contemporary G.I. Joe. I think G.I. Joe, period.
1: But definitely
0: the 80s line that everybody knows about. Yeah. And man, there's just like a ton of tokusatsu stuff here. That I know common writers started. Although I would be curious about what was kind of contemporary with it. Mm-hmm. And it's an older comic. But it just looks like a slightly more violent Jack Kirby comic in so many ways. And I wonder if the more violent is just because it's black and white. And there's a weird comics coding of that means more violent
1: in American culture. Well, I mean, he also has like Spider-Man's arms get ripped off repeatedly. That's true.
0: But it's not, it's not like blood or gore or viscera.
1: And there's a... There's a bit. It's not much, but like it's not like they get chopped clean off like they, you know, there's that like clean slice. There's like a bit of like dangly bits. So the main character is Takeshi Hongo. He is a
0: brilliant biology student and motorcycle man. Yes. Who is kidnapped by the forces of Shocker. Yeah. Because they kidnap smart, athletic people and turn them into cyborgs and then brainwash them. Takeshi doesn't want this because he thinks what we need now more than anything is peace and love for all. Yes. And his professor, who was also kidnapped by Shocker, breaks in to save him. Yep. After he is cyborg modified, but before they can perform mind surgery on his brain to make him loyal.
1: Yep. Which, in all honesty, you would have done that the other way around. You'd
0: think, wouldn't you? Maybe maybe you have to put cyborg implants on them before the brain surgery will work. Maybe. So they are able to escape and get to the special motorcycle that the professor made for him. The cyclone. Which is where the like lack of explanation starts, because it definitely seems like he's just a cyborg with superpowers, but then there are definitely places in the manga later where he is acting as though transforming makes him more powerful.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh no, if only I could get to the cyclone. And so this was a lot of the problem I had with this manga, especially at one point they're talking to Batman and he's like oh so he never got to do any training so he doesn't know how to use any of his superpowers and they say that after it's like but he's like been doing a bunch of his superpowers like even the doctor was like all right i need to explain to you about the thing in the cyclone or the yeah the thing in the cyclone which i'm assuming was the suit and they just none of that all that gets like glossed over and it's like so wait you even mentioned the fact that he shouldn't know how to do what he's doing and yet he's doing it just fine
0: There's also like an 88 miles per hour mechanic where to transform he has to go fast enough on the cyclone. That is not ever told to you in the manga.
1: Yeah, I had no idea.
0: I mean, I feel uh, maybe just because I already kind of knew that I got the context from it. But there are definitely some points
1: where I got to get to the cyclone and get up to speed. I do know he needs the wind. So like they mentioned the fact he's like, I need more like through the power of the wind. So it wasn't just the fact that he was going fast. It's like he, I guess, needed to generate enough wind resistance to transform into his superpower. So I, I'm very confused.
0: And this is a problem with all Tokusatsu shows, but it's really unclear to me what the Kamen Rider outfit does for him. Like, he's already a super powerful cyborg. Well, at so one, why does he need the henshin?
1: At one point, he mentions the fact that he's kind of like, when he activates his powers, his he has these scars show up on his face. So he's like, I want the helmet to hide like, my soul. I was well, like, I, okay, get, I that, get that,
0: but, like, in the fight with Batman, he's like, I have to transform or I won't be able to win. It's not like there's anybody there to see him.
1: Yeah, and, and that that's more what I mean of, I got, especially because they don't mention the fact that the Cyclone has extra abilities. It's like, oh, it's this special motorcycle that isn't explained, because apparently it's more explained in the TV show, and you're kind of supposed to know a bit about Kamen Rider when you're reading this.
0: Yeah, and I also love that, like, Japanese trope of, like, he has a secret identity, but not to actually have a secret identity. Like, the bad guys know who he is. His love interest knows who he is. He's just ashamed of being different because he's a Japanese person. Yes. And afraid he will be ridiculed for being Wolverine. Yeah. (laughs) There's literally a bit where he, like, cuts himself and heals super fast. He's like, oh no, is it my destiny to be forever seen as a freak? Yep. Like, there's that Japanese mentality, huh? Yep. Really do a number on you over there.
1: Yeah. Outsiders are not welcome.
0: Yeah. So, I really like the art in this. A lot of the fights just look super visceral. It's got, like I said, that Jack Kirby action.
1: There are most of the action scenes I really like, and there are a couple that I have no clue what's going on. There's just a bunch of motion lines happening, and things occurred. Like, there's only a couple of them, but... I think there's a sequence where he activates machine guns on the Cyclone to do something, but I didn't know it had them. So it's like uh if you've ever seen CinemaSins, it's like action suspense drama. Just stuff is happening and I I don't know what it is.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a problem with Common writer. That could have been the subtitle.
1: Yeah, so there were some action scenes that were great, and there were other ones, especially like when he's transforming or when he's like going fast. Because I don't, especially because I don't know that he needs to do that. It's like, I need to get on the cyclone. Wind. Why am I looking at panels of wind?
0: I mean, my, my theory is that Kamen Rider is actually a supervillain. Because here we see him fight Spider-Man, Batman, and punt a dog across a room. All contained in this volume. Yes. Also, he kidnaps, he murders a woman's father and then keeps her against her will.
1: Supposedly. Allegedly. There we go. That that was the word I was going for. Allegedly. And he keeps a slave butler? Who's not, not explained either. It's like. You
0: know, he just shows up. He's, he's like, hi, I am also in this series.
1: Alfred is here. It's, okay.
0: Also, I had to look up if they died in chapter two or not, because they're not in chapter three. And it seemed unclear.
1: Yeah. Because they get taken over by the Batman. Yeah. Who uses a virus to control people? Oh, that he uses
0: a virus that infects people, and then he uses sonar radio waves to control them. Ultrasonic the, waves. Yeah, you're right. Ultrasonic waves. I'm sorry. <laughs> Once the virus has taken root in them, and only these claws can cure it. Yeah, uh, he's, like, he's like, ha, oh, I have allow the... me to explain how you can stop me. And Common writer, now that you are helpless, and Common is like, ha, I didn't make a cure, but I did make a thing to slow it down so I can fight you. Yep. Ah.
1: There's also a sequence where it's like, I use my fangs to inject the virus, and it's like, apparently my, my minions can do the same thing, and Common Writer gets bit in the hand by his love interest, and then it's like, and then nothing comes of it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. There's a straight-ass line between this and Japanese Spider-Man, though. Yes. And it is never boring.
1: No. Well, except for the fact that is one of the hardest cuts to a volume end I've ever seen. Oh,
0: yeah. I was very confused. Because the first two chapters are super long as well. And the third one's a little long for a chapter of manga. Yeah. But not nearly as long. It's like mid fi It's just like, and now the manga is done.
1: Like, literally mid-punch. Like, Kamarada's like, ha, huh, I'm going to sock you in the face next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's like, huh? We-, we got like two full stories and then... Half of one. <laughs> and not even the fact that it was a shorter story it's like literally half of it
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's very strange i found it very interesting i don't know that i want to revisit common rider necessarily yeah. i think i'd rather look at skullman or cyborg 009 or one of
1: i'd be done for cyborg 009 ones. i've attempted to read cyborg 009 before
0: anything else you want to say about common uh, rider i mean it's a ride if you'll forgive the
1: pun it is I remember, because I was also looking at something, because I was like, D- is it supposed to end right there? Like, as weird as that sounds, saying looking at it. So I was just kind of interested as to why some of this stuff was going, you know, why is nothing explained? Why does it end right there? And I do kind of agree the art does kind of show its age a little bit. And there's definitely some of those action sequences where I'm just, I'm confused. And there's just lines on a page. And I have a very hard time making them look like anything. But it it was, like you said, a ride.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's ride into Personality Power Level.
1: Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level?
0: Personality Power Level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the top, we have Uzumaki Naruto, everyone's favorite orange ninja. Mm-hmm. In the middle, we have Yona, the titular character from Yona of the Dawn. And at the very bottom, we have that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. So there's not a lot to Takeshi. Nope. I feel like we can't put him above Goku. No. I'm tempted to put him above Ichigo, though. I think that's about the right spot anyway. Like, that's definitely the right, like, area of the list.
1: Yeah, I'll defer to you because there's not a whole lot to this first manga, so I really don't know much about Kamen Rider at all.
0: I mean, there's not much more to Takeshi. It's not like... I get that. I'm not saying, we see, like, oh, I'm missing... You see him doing science in his pajamas in his bat cave that he just has. Yes. We, for, we missed that. And That's not relevant to his character. I just wanted to bring it up because we forgot to talk about it. Yeah. And I, it was definitely... Like, it's very much feels like a early golden age comic book just out of Japan, and I did really appreciate that about it. Uh, anyway, I think I just got kind of down on Ichigo. I was expecting you to fight me a little, but... I think above Ichigo and below Red from Pokemon Adventures is where I would put him. Sure. Okay, so that's where Takeshi Hongo, the first common writer, goes.
1: That was an easy ranking. Yeah. All right, what are we going to read next week, Kevin? So next week, we're going to read something that I have, I believe, both read and watched the anime for, which have differences, but never finished either. Or they almost finished. It's very confusing. Soul Eater is something that... Has always seemed kind of cool to me.
0: All right. I'm vaguely familiar with Soul Eater and that I know it is a manga and it seems very bleachish. Yeah. So we will see you for that next week. Our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fist Fight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions. And our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. You should check out our website, www.lastpodcast.com, for old episodes. Is there anything you'd like to plug, Kevin? Not this week. All right. We'll see you next week.